you've made me nervous now by saying you're leading this episode. I feel like loads of oh, responsibility. Sorry. I feel really nervous about this episode for some reason. Do you? Yeah, I feel really nervous. Do you not like not having the... You're allowed to read the script if you want. I was only messing. No, no, but as in I don't... But there's, as in I don't think there's anything for me to be... I'm not Do reading you feel like you're script. not... You just don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. You're so great at talking out your ass. You? <laughs> Thanks. As you once said about me I, and you. I, I am really good at talking out my ass. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know what's going to go in the preamble this week. What, that you're good at talking out of your ass? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do this. I need you to diagnose me. Welcome to Is This Working? A podcast that questions how modern work impacts our lives. The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrarado, and me, Tiffany Philippou. This show isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. Hi Tiffany. Hello Anna, how are you? I'm great. How's your week been? Uh, good, I've been enjoying your 5x5 five five pitch, pitch challenge. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been running a challenge in my newsletter to help people improve their pitching practice and Tiffany you've actually been doing the challenge. I have and I filed one of the commissions I got off the back of it this week so that's very exciting. And I also enjoyed in that rare moments I've not been pitching, listening to you on hashtag authentic this week. Oh yeah, that was really, um, that was so, I did, yeah, I mean, I kind of cheated on you when I went on another podcast, um, but with your blessing, so it was all fine. I was- You didn't ask me first. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I Busted. mean, I am, I am. <laughs> Um, it's cool man you so yeah I went on Sarah Tasker's hashtag authentic podcast which I'm sure that anyone who listens to this podcast if they don't already listen to Sarah's podcast would really enjoy it because it's for um, anyone who has interests in creative entrepreneurship and different ways of working and all of that kind of stuff so I was on the show to talk about freelancing and I talked a lot about my newsletter and talked a lot about payment issues for freelancers um, and yeah I had a really good chat with Sarah. Wonderful well I enjoyed listening to it. Um, also in other podcast news Another podcast that we're both really big fans of, Creative Rebels, has just launched its second series. So for anyone who doesn't listen to that one, again, a recommendation because there's a lot of, I'd say there's kind of a lot of overlap in the types of things that we cover on this show. Um, I've been on their podcast before and yeah, go and listen to Creative Rebels. Both Hashtag Authentic and Creative Rebels are in all the places that podcasts exist. So wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to those. Great. Maybe just go and do that and we won't. <laughs> and, we, and that's it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the producer does not find that funny. All right. Um, let's get on with the show.
This week we're asking, are we looking in the wrong place when it comes to understanding what's holding us back? Anna, what's holding you back? Well, I'm really glad you asked because I actually have a problem and I need your help with it because I'm not actually sure what is holding me back. But so like we mentioned um, in the beginning, I'm running this pitch challenge in my newsletter. And the basic idea is that everyone doing the challenge needs to pitch five story ideas to um, publications each week for five weeks. And I'm doing the challenge alongside everyone else. Um, And even though I don't think I necessarily have a problem with pitching in and of itself, I have been really struggling with some of the specific pitches that I've been trying to send in this first week. And what I have identified is the pitches that I'm struggling with are the ones that are taking me outside of my comfort zone. So I'm really comfortable writing about certain things, um, mainly to do with um, culture and kind of businessy type pieces. But increasingly, I'm trying to pitch more ambitious articles and stories. And I've really struggled to A, send them. um, But also what I've noticed is I've spent most of this week really, really stressing about just even having to send them. And it's just kind of sent me into, I've I've just been really anxious and just really stressed out. Um, And I don't really know why. So I'm bringing this problem to you, Tiffany. Help me. And when it comes to holding yourself back, what does that mean? So you're obviously still doing the pitches. Do you feel like you're not reaching your full potential, essentially? Yeah, that is actually a really, that is exactly it. Basically, I feel as though I'm kind of working at, 80% of what I could be so this is a kind of a weird segue but I do a Pilates class where the teacher says that you know you should you should really be aiming to be working at sort of that kind of 70% mark I mean she's obviously talking about Pilates but there's a parallel to the rest of to other aspects of life that you should always be working at that kind of 70% so that you can pull up to 100% when you need to and that is something that I kind of feel that I normally do exercise I normally kind of that's how I work (laughs) in the professional world, not just in the exercise world. Um, but I just can't push to that hundred percent with these particular pitches. And with this issue, I just can't get there. I can't kind of crack this sort of upper world, essentially. Upper limit. It's upper in- limit. Yeah. It's interesting because people talk a lot about failure and people being scared to act. But what we're talking about is that not reaching that full potential and how can I stop sitting in the 80% when I could be in the 100 and what do you think it's all about really if you go deep down well so before we get into that it's funny that you're talking about upper limit because and we have recommended this book before on this show but there's a book by an author called Gay Hendricks and it's called The Big Leap and he has this whole theory about this upper limit problem and as I've been going through all of these feelings this this week, I've been really reminded of that book and of this kind of concept of not being able to access this sort of, basically not being able to access your potential and like hitting what you perceive as your upper limit. Um, and my kind of, how I've sort of, or well, basically what it says in that book is that this is all to do with this idea of actually not fearing failure, but fearing success almost. Um, and that 
does that kind of idea does really speak to me because I think that sort of articulates how I'm feeling um but in terms of why I feel like that I think I think it's actually quite a lot of reasons and one of them maybe the main one is I'm really worried that the success won't live up to my expectations of it and to be honest I've definitely had I kind of have evidence that that has happened in the past um where you know this is more from my um in-house life when I used to work in when I, before I was freelance but I would sometimes um there are, there are definitely a couple of points in my career where I got a new job or I got to go and I got a, a job in a like in a new in a new place and I was so excited I thought it was my dream job and I got there and I did this thing and actually it was quite a disappointment so I think I'm thinking that that might be something kind of playing into it this kind of fear that my perception of success won't live up to the reality of it it's interesting you say that because I think we all know that a lot of successful people are really miserable but then at the same time we hold the belief that if we reach our goals they will make us happy so I'm sure people can identify with that fear but if you delve a little bit deeper do you think there are any other reasons that you're also might be holding yourself back um well it's funny that you kind of mentioned the whether or not success will make you happy because I cannot help but think of something that an ex-boyfriend said to me once when right in the like you know we were we were breaking up and it was kind of in the heat of the breakup but he came out with this line that he said that I would never be happy because I always want I can't kind of focus on the thing I have in front of me obviously he was talking about himself um I can't focus on the thing that is in front of me and um I just like want like I want more and this kind of this comment of I'm never going to be happy and that um it's never going to be enough is his is it really I mean he really hit a nerve and that really has embedded it's it really embedded into like the depths of my psyche um and it often comes up I think when I think about when it comes up for me a lot more in a professional capacity um and I do think about that that I think oh I'm gonna hit this goal but then what am I just gonna still not be satisfied so that's I mean yeah that that's going kind of um quite deep um but then also we might as well just keep going you know vulnerability um overload here um the other thing I do also something that I do in my life in general um is I just kind of catastrophize everything so I'm one of those people who just always thinks I I always go to the worst possible scenario immediately um and I have this kind of broken thinking that if something good happens something bad has to happen as well so I think somewhere in my mind I tell myself that oh if I achieve this really big goal something bad has got to happen because I kind of have like I sort of see in my mind that happiness is finite and it's like a jar and if you kind of put one if you kind of put more water in it it will spill out over the top and that's maybe not such a great metaphor but basically that there's a limit to how much happiness and how much success one person can have or at least that's how I think about it and so I'm convinced that um if one good thing happens, something bad has to happen as well to kind of counterbalance that. Um, so yeah, Dr. Tiffany. <laughs> well, because I'm not actually a doctor in that sort of um, Ainsley Harriet, here's something I prepared earlier. 
I actually called a real one. So I called Dr. Punit Shah from the Department of Psychology in the, at the University of Bath. And I had a great chat where I said, I have, a, I have a suspicion that my dear friend Anna has this problem. By the way, do you think that when you told him that and you said, oh, I'm calling about a friend, he, <laughs> he actually thought you meant you? Quite possibly. I did, but I, on that, in that vein though, I really identify with a lot of what you're saying. And um, I have my own sort of thoughts and analysis, but I thought it'd be good to take them to an an expert essentially yeah please do let me know what the um, actual doctor said yes (laughs) um so I will start with the points he made around the brain so essentially he said that those fears that you met listed they're all connected and they're all grounded in a fear of uncertainty I hate uncertainty well what you're about to find out is that's very normal because how the brain, he said it's grounded in our oldest and most basic neuro circuits. So basically our brain acts like a prediction model and it's constantly on a moment to moment basis and also long term trying to predict what's going to happen. And it's easy for our brain to predict the next minute or the next day. But when it comes to the longer term future and it can't predict it accurately, it reacts as a fear. So the frontal lobes are almost designed to predict the future but if they're mispredicting the consequence of that is that the more emotional and social animal areas of the brain are triggered I guess and that is what causes emotional anxiety oh my god that I think kind of that explains quite a lot for me because I am so definitely a kind of creature of habit and I just I love my routines and I love like knowing things. I even get stressed um, not knowing where my next meal is coming from. Um, As in like, I need to know when I'm going to be eating next. So when I'm traveling, I need to know. When I go on holiday with my um, mom, I'm always asking her, when are we going to be eating next? Because I don't even like the uncertainty of not knowing like when lunchtime will be. Um, Which is survival, by the way. Yeah. So this is all, our brains are all just little machines making sure we stay alive and that's exactly what you're describing yeah and so when I kind of when something falls out of my routine I get incredibly stressed out by it well I asked how normal it was (laughs) and how normal is my friend (laughs) um and he said it is normal to an extent because of as I said that's a basic level the way the brain works and he said that um people do experience it to a varying degree and he said that often the fear of success is very similar feelings and the same me- mechanism in the brain that is that you get with fear of failure mm, interesting and so then how how are those two what is the difference then between fear of failure and fear of success because I kind of I feel that I'm to I mean I'm going to sound like such a dick saying this but I, I I do feel that my issue is not that I'm worried I'm going to fail um because especially when it's something like when I'm talking about, you know, something like pitching where I do have, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I've been a journalist for 10 years and I have been, I can do it. So I know my, I know that my issue is not so much that I'm scared of failure. So I would be really interested to know how, how those two, how they're the same and how they're different. They're the same in the sense that how they trigger anxiety, but how they're different ultimately is what Dr. Shah would argue it's um, fear of success is better than fear of failure. So what he said is that if you fear failure, you often do nothing. 
but if you fear success it's it's similar feelings and it's very uncomfortable but you might continue to do a bit so again that what why it's interesting to talk about is when you talked about that 80 percent operation thing that's kind of what we're exploring like what what is that fear of success because I think fear of failure is something that's often discussed and openly discussed and the inaction of that is worse but that doesn't mean we should ignore that other point which is fear of success is also holding us back yeah especially when at least my understanding of how you've just explained it to me is that the discomfort that the person feels is the same whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of success you're you still have those feelings of anxiety you still are you're still ultimately doubting yourself and also just adding all of this kind of extra emotional and psychological um distress onto whatever is whatever the project is or whatever is the thing that you're worrying about there's all this kind of extra layer on top of that so it almost kind of doesn't really matter which one it is it's still it still has the same impact on you exactly so just to summarize that first point is what you're experiencing and feeling is the brain's natural reaction to your inability to predict the future but the (laughs) i guess if we could predict the future then we'd this podcast would be even bigger <laughs> but anyway so it's natural it's normal um but that alone doesn't make it feel better I asked him about um I kn- I asked him actually about that ex comment about you'll never be happy because I actually really identify with that in the sense that I feel very strongly that I know that once I achieve my goals I won't be happier than I am now and I'm quite comfortable with that thought but I asked, yeah, I asked Dr. Shah what he thought and he said that, well, first of all, he said it was mean to say that. It is mean, right? He was like, it's really mean. And then he kind of said how it should be said in a different way. But he said, there's an element of truth with regards to our society, not with regards to you personally. He doesn't, he does not know you. Um, But he said, actual success isn't linked to chances of what we perceive success to be. Um, So he said, again, incredibly successful people can often be unhappy and he sees this with his students they're often working towards a goal and in a way the stepping stones to the goals become the goals themselves so what I mean is they get to university he says and they're like I want to get a first when actually they should be like I want a happy life or I want a job I enjoy and it's that thing where we should be constantly reminding ourselves what actually makes us happy and often career goals and achieving career goals don't make us happy that doesn't mean we shouldn't go for them, but it means that we shouldn't be reliant on once we get to them that we will feel happier. Um, and actually he said that we should be separating out those two things. Like what is a what is the big aim? Hopefully most people are happy life, I presume. <laughs> and then how I'm going to get there in the different strands of my life, whether it's social or work or whatever. Well, see, this is the thing, right? Is that I think that it's only really been in the last couple of years, which pretty much is basically since I've been working for myself, that I have fundamentally shifted how I set my goals and how I go about trying to achieve the things I want. And I very much used to fall into the camp of, my goals were things like go you know getting a good degree and getting a particular job and and they were very much kind of focused around what you just described whereas now actually and I kind of I didn't really I didn't really think that I didn't really think to have this sounds so ridiculous but I didn't really think to have a goal like have a happy life whereas now 
it's the complete other way around. Like now my fundamental goal is to work, to, to allow my work to fit, to suit my life and to have a life where I, where my work fulfills me, but also just enables me to live a good life. And that's quite a different way of setting my goals. Um, and also I've been focused a lot more on, I try, I try so much more to focus on, um, on the actual kind of process of achieving something or achieving the goals of sort of I've, I've I think we may have spoke on this podcast before about the difference between an outcome goal and a process goal so a process goal is something that you can control so pitching five stories a week is a process goal um, getting published in a national magazine in a national newspaper or a magazine is an outcome goal because you don't have you don't actually have control over the outcome um, and I yeah, I just, I, I think what, what everything you just said just really kind of, it really resonates because I have, I have been, I think on this journey where I've been trying to sort of change my thinking around that and change my thinking around, um, what sort of goals I'm actually setting. Um, but nonetheless, obviously I'm still, all of this stuff is still coming up because I still have these fears, especially around the never being happy. Well, I loved your process goal and outcome goal newsletter, and I certainly get fulfillment from process goals. So I, w- I actually asked Dr. Shah, is the pursuit and the striving towards a goal, does that make you feel happy? And he said, yes, that is very much where happiness can come from, which leads me to my next question for you. With the, When the ex said, um, you'll never be happy and you fear that you'll get, you'll achieve your goal and not be happy. The question I have to ask is, are you happy now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Really happy now. So I feel like that won't change because as we've discussed, happiness doesn't actually come from getting there. It comes from being in a position to do the work, to aim to get there. Mm. And then also there's all that thing about how you live, which is what this podcast is about really. It's not, it's about how we work and how can we work for a more fulfilling and happier life. And that's why we feel like that is missing from the work conversation. People are always focusing on the what. So the students, I want to get my first, I want my promotion. But actually, and I think when you're freelance, you're forced to think about this a lot more, but how do I want to work? Well, I mean, this, and and, you know, going back to kind of the core of this podcast, yes, both of us are freelance, but I wish I would have learned all of this stuff before. Like I wish I hadn't, wouldn't have lived. I mean, this is obviously a big exaggeration, but I wish I wouldn't have lived in sort of misery for the kind of eight years of my career before I went freelance. Um, that there is no reason to not be able to bring those concepts into your work, however you choose to work. Absolutely. And actually the other thing coming back to my conversation with Dr. Shah was he said that, the other thing to bear in mind is that in the last decade or so as a society, we're moving towards a place where people feel less and less comfortable celebrating and talking about their success. And he said that people don't want to be seen bragging about accomplishments. And actually when people make throwaway comments like you're an overachiever or, you know, even you're a show off, which might be people doing due to envy, but you can take that on and that can make you feel quite uncomfortable and so inadvertently you hold yourself back and he says that it's definitely um an issue you see more in Scandinavian countries that are trying to more 
homogenized people. Um, you, said, you said obviously the Americans are better at selling themselves. And in England, it's almost like a taboo to talk about your success when actually it shouldn't be really. Yeah, it's so funny because I think I see that really playing out on, in, on Instagram where, um, you know, increasingly for a lot of people and especially for people who do anything kind of creative, like the reality is you kind of, you do need, you need, you need Instagram. And in the last few years, I've increasingly moved away from Instagram being social and it really is just about my work and it to be honest it's it's kind of a like it's a part of my business now um and I've I've definitely had a few comments from people that I actually know from friends kind of um essentially backhanded comments about kind of what I post on Instagram and um I wouldn't yeah it's sort of I will be talking about a success and I'm not necessarily getting such positive feedback from it so I've seen I'll be talking about six I'll be talking I'll be sharing my successes on Instagram and I'm not getting positive feedback from it um well I was gonna say I think the internet makes this more of a thing because your every people's work is a lot more visible and I think that that leads to that societal pressure to not show off or whatever but actually you do need to communicate your work in particular industries and I think as well, and this maybe this is a whole other episode, but as you get older and your friends do become, you know, quote unquote successful, there does seem to be a bit more awareness. And when we're all just like in our early 20s doing whatever, there feels like there's a bit more of that awareness of how people are acting differently. So I just think that stuff becomes more visible. Definitely. But anyway, so, so. I also asked Dr. Shah, thank you, Dr. Shah, by the way, for how to overcome this fear of success. Yeah, please tell me. <laughs> now now you've <laughs> unpacked all of the dark crevices of my brain, I'd like to put it back together. So you're going to absolutely love his practical steps to get over, overcome fear of success. Hit me with them. Number one is to think about the future in a non-emotional way. He acknowledges that that is a difficult thing to do. But he says to think about it rationally and more pragmatically, you stand a better chance of managing that emotional fear. And he said on a practical level, you could just write it down and try to have a plan. And I know you adore having a plan. Yeah, I mean, I love plans. I love it. Um, I already can see myself making a poster that I can stick above my desk that says the future is not emotional. (laughs) There you go. That's a great quote. Um, and you could actually draw it because part of your happiness goals is how much you enjoy art and drawing. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make one of these posters. Okay. Um, the other thing he said is to, and we've discussed this, but really actively separate your career goals from your happiness goals. And he suggests that the pursuit of happiness could become a goal within itself. Um, and you know, whether that's small things like going for a run or being in the sun or eating nice food. A lot of it is social goals. So I really value that, making time for family and friends. I value it so highly that I'm doing a job where I only work with friends. So- Oh, oh me? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Chris. <laughs> but don't, wouldn't you say as a side note, and I, 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 you know, I don't mean to sort of go on about this, but what, the joy of working with a friend is such a big career meets happiness goal. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I I feel that I am already very successful because 
I get to call what we're doing here work um, rather than, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's so funny how I used to get so caught up about my job title and um, I used to kind of, if I was ever, ever got a new job or if I got promotion or something, there used to be such a back and forth about what the job title would be. Um, and now I just don't really have a job title. Um, if I have a job title, it's just freelancer. Um, but what the actual nuts and bolts of what I do, I just feel that that is just so much more, I just feel so much more successful now. Well, that's what I mean. That's why I said, are you, do you, are you happy? And I knew you were going to say yes, because I know that you are working in a way that you enjoy. And when you get those pitches commissioned, go into your outside of your comfort zone you're still existing in the same way and I believe that you will continue to be happy because you know that it's not gonna be cracked up as it means to be because you know that your good life doesn't come from that anyway so true this has been so um this has been great (laughs) wonderful well um just to summarize just so you can take those learnings it's a natural reaction of your brain to find not being able to know what's going to happen emotionally stressful and second of all uh happiness rarely comes from achieving career goals saying that that doesn't mean we throw them out the window a lot of happiness comes from striving towards those career goals and a lot of happiness and fulfillment I believe comes from getting to that 100% which is why this episode exists because we believe that's worth striving for and we also acknowledging that there's a bit of a societal pressure to not overshout about your success so in conclusion, go forth, Anna, hit your 100%, tell your brain to shh, <laughs> and know that you're already very successful. And so you've got nothing to fear. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And of course, huge, huge thank you to Dr. Punit Shah, who spoke to me for this episode. He is from the Department of Psychology at the University of Bath. So thank you so much. And we'll speak to you all next week future is emotionless (laughs) bye bye